Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Hey, Empire fans. Cursing, fur coats made out of dead animals, all straight ahead. You're listening to the Empire After Party from WNYC Studios. I'm Josan Cummings. What's good, Empire fans? If you're a Mets fan, nothing is good. And if you're an Empire fan, you were probably a little disappointed that this week's episode was bumped for the World Series. But it's okay because we don't need an episode to be fans of Cookie. And this week, I met someone who took a walk in Cookie's shoes, or at least she tried to, because she spent six days dressed as our favorite Empire character. I don't dress like Cookie. I dress like Liz Lemon from 30 Raw, just okay. like a mustard-stained blazer and sneakers every day. This is Jasmine Hughes, an editor at the New York Times Magazine, who recently wrote a piece for Cosmo where she dressed up like Cookie for six days. That means she was rocking gold jewelry, furs, stilettos, form-fitting dresses, and, of course, leopard print. I'm not talking just a leopard print shirt. I'm talking she had like a leopard print fedora on. She got on the subway with that leopard print fedora, and she rode that subway to work, walked into the New York Times offices with that leopard print fedora, went to meetings dressed like Cookie. And she chronicled her experience in a piece called I Dress Like Cookie for a Week to Get Over My Imposter Syndrome. Imposter syndrome is a state in which a person who has achieved anything has a really difficult time in accepting their achievements and generally tacks it up to tricking everyone into thinking that they're like really successful and great. Mm-hmm. And so inside you're just like, how long am I going to keep up this ruse for? Like somebody's going to find me out. So was it... I want to write a piece in which I dress up like Cookie. It was more like Cosmo emailed me being like, will you do this thing? Oh, really? And I was like, oh, my God, sure. Well, yeah, so um, my editor for the piece is a woman called Patty Greco. And after I got my job at the time, she and I went out for a drink, and we talked a lot about imposter syndrome. So mm-hmm. I think when she was formulating that idea, she thought about me. You got this job at the New York Times Magazine, but you already knew about imposter syndrome before you even got there. And being... At the New York Times, only made, made it so much worse. <laughs> it made it. It made it. It, it made it so much worse. I and I don't know. I and I'm also very aware that this does sound a little bit shitty. Like I don't ever want to sound ungrateful. You talk about how you don't check any of the boxes of the typical editor at the New York Times magazine. What box specifically did you not check that really induced the imposter syndrome? Um, was it gender? Was it race? Was it age? All of the above. Ding, <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Um, I mean, so before I got to the Times, I thought it was um, way more homogenous than I know now. Right. So I was like, how am I supposed to like mm. work with all these old white dudes? And, right. and then I come and then it's not all old white dudes and it's really great. And some of them are young white dudes and some of them are cute young white dudes. <laughs> so it's like very, very wonderful. I also didn't think I was going to get the job. And then right. I got the job and I was like, oh, like this was not supposed to happen. Such an institution. It's such an institution. So the Times is on the corner. It's on Eighth Avenue between Fortieth Street and Forty First Street, and um, I get off the subway like right in front of the building. And I go right in, and I just like don't really think about it. But sometimes if I'm like 
really out of sorts at work, I will leave and I'll cross the street and stand in front of Port Authority and just look at the time, like the New York Times, like looming over me. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, like I always intend to do this as a as something that's gonna like suit me up and be like, look at where I am. But most of the time, I'm like. How the fuck did I get in here? I <laughs> Who let card, me in I hope here? My card works today. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that all the time. <laughs> um, why Cookie? Because she's such a force. Cookie, because it's like such a departure from what I actually wear. And Cookie, because she's like the baddest bitch on TV. Did you have any say in terms of what cookie outfits you were going to wear because no, I didn't all my friends were like you're gotta get the like the lingerie under the fur coat that's <laughs> which I sadly did not get <laughs> um I feel like I was on America's Next Top Model there were just like all these looks and they were pulling things from racks and they were like stand here take this picture and I was like oh my god like this is a tire does all the time <laughs> um so yeah they made that part really really easy for me I wish we can get video of that. That sounds like such a moment for you. Such a moment. I took so many selfies. They were like, put on a new look. And I was like, hold on. I've never looked so good in my entire life. I need to capture this. What do you relate to about Cookie? Like, what do you, do you see any of yourself in Cookie? Um, Anything about Cookie? Not initially. Mm-hmm. Definitely not before I started it. I think that she's very... I mean, she's very confident, which I can masquerade as being but do the imposter syndrome we know that i'm not and um she is i mean she's really funny and self-aware and powerful so it's not it's not really that i saw myself in cookie but i saw there were attributes that cookie has that i wanted to like somehow bring into my own personality these are just like goals that i have what are those attributes that she's so confident and that Mm -hmm. she gives zero fucks and she's an incredibly driven woman she's really 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 brave and um she refuses to change herself you right, know? right like she doesn't she doesn't sort of like her her identity isn't malleable in a way mm-hmm. she's just cookie no matter what situation she's in yeah yeah she's, so, and then especially going to the times being like oh i might have to change myself to like fit in here what did you think you would have to change about yourself to fit in there i thought i was gonna have to like get smart for the first time. <laughs> it was, um, I, like, have pretty, I mean, I am a smart person. I can say that. I have pretty lowbrow tastes. I really only like reality TV and, like, eating snacks. Like, I only have two interests in a very simple woman. Snacks and reality TV. Snacks and reality TV. So then I was like, I've not, um, you know, like, I don't read Harper's or something. Right. And I didn't go to Harvard and... I don't speak, like, conversational German and stuff. I'm just, right, like, a normal... I'm, right. like, a, a weird teen. I don't speak conversational German. All right, either. so me and you. You can come yeah. into the Times Magazine. It can happen <laughs> for anybody. Well, take me to a, one of your staff meetings. Mm-hmm. Who is Jasmine? Who? What, what role do you play at a staff meeting? And what were you kind of... Were you kind of hoping to give off a different persona when you got into these clothes and you came dressed as Cookie from Empire? Um, in staff meetings, I think I am a teen correspondent slash comic relief. <laughs> and as when I was dressed as Cookie, like, in, initially it was very funny. Mm-hmm. And I um, sort of, like, played it up and I would just, like, swing around in my chair mm-hmm. with my hat on and be like, what's good? Um, but that lasted for all of 30 seconds. And then <laughs> and then later in staff meetings, I started to feel really, really self-conscious because mm-hmm. I was um, 
because I'm a, I'm, I guess I'm a loud person. I don't think anyone would disagree with that. But if I'm a loud person and I'm wearing quiet outfits, that's fine. But if I'm a loud person and I'm wearing loud outfits, then I feel like I'm very overwhelming. And I started to like catch myself making myself smaller. Let's talk about the leopard print. Mm-hmm. Because I have a lot of thoughts about leopard print, which is unfair. I shouldn't. What are your thoughts on leopard print? I just hate it. What's the difference? Here's a question. What's the <laughs> difference between leopard print and cheetah print? Because I honestly... I, I, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. I just... Like, I don't want to be that guy, but I'm going to be that guy by saying that, you know, when it, it, like, I just have a strict, I'm not going to talk to the women in leopard print in the Whoa. club. Whoa, why? Because I just, it's, it's not, it's not attractive to me. And I don't want to be that guy that says women should wear heels and women should wear this. You can wear whatever you want. Mm-hmm. I don't, uh, I, I just think we all have our thing. Like, don't right. you have a thing that you see guys in and you're like, I really wish guys would, You'd be so cute if you weren't wearing that. Right. But um, men generally look terrible. Do yeah. you think that women <laughs> in leopard print, so that's just either not your, it's not your bag? It's just not my bag. But, but do they intimidate you? Is that it too? That That's probably it too. I, I, it I also put that on her in a way that's like, oh, she's not into, like right. girls that wear leopard print or cheetah print or zebra print are just not into guys like me. And I, mm. that could not be true. That's probably not true. She's probably just dressing up like Cookie for an right. assignment. You never know. But was a leopard print the outfit that you m- felt most self-conscious in? Mm-hmm. Do you think that there's a relationship between black women and leopard print that is unfavorable mm. to the image of black women? Yeah, because I think that people use it as a visual shorthand for a certain stereotype of women. What? Literally what you just did. Yeah. <laughs> No, I, my shorthand stereotype was that I'm not their type. Mm. Okay, I'm, but, not, I'm not out of their league. I'm just not their type. No, but by thinking that you are not their type, you are typifying them in some sort of way. But you won't come out True. and say what that type is. True. I just, I, I, I think that I am not as, um, well, <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> Let's it, make this the Joes and show no, now. What, what do you think it takes for a woman to wear leopard print unapologetically mm-hmm. no matter the setting whether she's going out to the club or she's going to the new work at the new york times what do you what do you think that personality is complete and unabashed confidence which yeah. i didn't have and I, I was also so when i wore the like the full leopard print outfit i had a leopard print fedora a like a long sleeve leopard print dress that came like that came halfway down my thighs, and the stylists were like, Cookie would never wear a dress that long. Like, mm-hmm. hike that shit up. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's like snakeskin-esque shoes in a giant plastic leopard print bag. And that day, strangely, I ran into, like, two people from college who I hadn't seen in years. Oh, and everyone no. was just like, oh, wow. <laughs> how are you doing? <laughs> Do you dress like this now? And that was the day. So in the piece, I talk about how I'm the part the entire week that made me feel the weirdest was one day I was walking into the office and a dude on the street gave me a super weird look like what the fuck are you doing walking into the New York Well you talk about in the piece you talk about the ghetto connotation Mm -hmm. when you do dress up in a loud outfit that contains a lot of leather and leopard Um, were you expecting that did you see that with other people's eyes um and were you ready to deal with it if it came across, if it came your way? I wasn't expecting it, which was, like, I think sort of 
bad of me because I don't I mean I don't know people could think I'm ghetto every day whatever (laughs) but I mean I just described to you how I dress right Mm -hmm. and I know Mm -hmm. how I sound and I know where I work and I know who my friends are so I, I generally don't run into situations where people think of me in that way at least not um explicitly to when I was um, so it's not something I've ever really thought about it's like a, a real blind spot for me so then when I did this cookie thing and I could just see like I could see the disparity and my external presentation from everything from like the dudes who cat called me on the street started to look different a lot of cat daddies which has never really happened to me before Okay. and the dude who gave me that weird look inside the times and then like Running in again, running into people who haven't seen in a really long time, like mm-hmm. very seriously taken aback because, um, I mean, having to do that for six days was nothing compared to women who are called ghetto every fucking day of their lives right, because right. they like wearing leopard print. Mm-hmm. It really sucked, it was really weird. Ghetto is a very loaded word, and I don't even think that it could be misconstrued as anything but negative in 2015. What is that what is that word to you when you hear it being used? Ghetto is a really vicious word. And I think you're right. Like no one has ever that's a lie. Largely when people use the word ghetto as a descriptor, it's never meant as a compliment. Mm-hmm. I don't think. And like I said, it's not something like that's that's a label that I've never had to deal with before. Mm-hmm. I felt like it has a very sad sort of kinship with other black women especially who have had this label fixed to them mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like it's ugh, it's so shitty, but it feels like a rite of passage almost to be seen as ghetto and have to like have to deal uh, with people seeing that, you as such. That is shitty. But yeah. I, I, I I had like residual cookie confidence after I stopped burning all the clothing. Because when I was wearing like it's hard to ignore someone in a leopard print dress on the subway. Absolutely. And then I went back to wearing my normal clothes and people like I don't think they were being like purposely shitty but you know someone's in your way on the train or someone doesn't like get out of your way in the street I kept being like I know you see me <laughs> and then remembering like maybe you don't see me because I'm just wearing like fucking navy head right, to toe right, right. as opposed to wearing these like very garish sort of looks you dressed up like Cookie for a week so I feel like you can't repeat that for Halloween do you dress up for Halloween? I and fucking hate Halloween. You do? I think it's the worst holiday. So was it more difficult for you to play dress up with the, this? Or was oh, no, it... because when I was dressing up as Cookie, I felt like fashionable. Okay. It felt like ridiculous, but right. fashionable. Right. Dressing up for Halloween, Halloween to me means that I have to like put on a costume and get in a cab and go to Bushwick and spend like $100 in drinks. And it's like, it's my worst goddamn nightmare. I hate it. <laughs> Roger that. <laughs> <laughs> You can see Jasmine Hughes dressed up in all of Cookie's fabulousness by going to wnyc.org backslash empire. You can also find a link to her piece for cosmopolitan.com. That's it for us this week, but next week we will be back, game seven or not, with a show about gifts. That's right, those animated pictures that bring us so much joy that offer us a perfect response to somebody's email that we didn't want to read in the first place. We are ready to talk about them. We are also ready to receive your gifts. So please get at us at Twitter at Empire Podcast. You can get at me at Joe's NC. We would love to see your gifts and we will be talking about them 
next week. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Joe Zan Cummings, and I'm out.